Play the intro. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone, uh, to another episode of Desert Tones. Uh, we've made it now to 12 episodes. Who'd have thought? Not I. Yeah, it's it's been a ride. This is Jared, by the way, in case one year of listening hasn't I think turned you on to <laughs> that. Maybe they figured it out. But yeah, Joey. Oh, Jared. Again. Yeah, and may or may not be Dylan as well. Yeah. Yeah, whole year. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I you know, um, I think Dylan had the idea to do this about this time last year, right? Yeah, yeah it's um, crazy. So yeah, I remember I remember you mentioned it. Or like I remember whenever you mentioned it, at least when I was there the first time was in December and then we did it. Yeah. The, like the next month. Like kind of like pretty quickly, I felt like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like, you know, we're not we're not podcasting pros or anything. I'm uh we aren't like getting uh sponsor asks for like athletic greens or something. Or <laughs> me undies. Better <laughs> better help. But, <laughs> but, uh, I think it's, it's gotten a little more natural, which is cool. Um, Great town. yeah, it's, uh, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun and I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah. And it's all, it's been something to look forward to each month. So it's good excuse for us to get together and hang out. Yeah. Um, and most of this episode, well, I guess not most, but it's going to be kind of split up. We gonna do the second or second half of like an overview of some of the other like i guess drive or fuzz type stuff including the fuzz um boost treble boosters other stuff and then also um have a, like a, a, a sort of like section on like gear we just liked for the year like favorite acquisitions um like a, a sort of a discussion on some of that stuff too just to kind of end the year with that so that'll be fun yeah um you know inevitably it it becomes the case that uh i don't expect for these episodes to go on for very long and then we end up talking for over an hour and and i think like well where's the time gone and nor have i gotten to say most of of the things that i've wanted to say or hear the things i've wanted to hear apparently last episode i rambled on about uh the shop dog a little too much so <laughs> I don't know if I even remember the shop. I mean, I do, uh, but uh, I don't remember it being that long. But. I heard a lot about that um, from a special listener. <laughs> 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 um, so I'll try to uh, avoid keep the dog talk to a minimum. Yeah, wandering into the hundred uh, acre wood of bullcrap that I've come up with. Um, so I believe, if I recall, we ended last episode with overdrive to distortion, and we were about to move on to fuzz. Yeah, that sounds right. We might have maybe briefly touched it, but yeah, fuzz is like where we're kind of going to start. And <clears throat> it's like one of the oldest effects, and I guess it wasn't necessarily like meant to be an effect. It was just the way I understand it from what I know, uh, it was like despite happenstance that like kind of the sound you get whenever 
like speakers are like messed up or they've got like a tear in them or they just kind of sound like kind of busted up and broken and like i mean ar- arguably harsh sounding yeah um, and so like for that reason it's like a pretty a pretty old sound um but it's very cool and there's still a lot of like modern takes on it and it's it's definitely like progressed a lot since um the first few that came out notably some of the well i guess not the i don't know if it's the first ones but some of the oldest ones being like the the dallas arbiter uh fuzz face or like classic other classic examples like the big muff from electro harmonics and then mm, yeah. uh vox had the tone bender um stuff like that all the way to like some newer stuff which i see a lot of people using stuff like the uh the swollen pickle from way huge yeah or, yeah um fuzz factory there's I mean, even the boss ones, like I think the Hyper Fuzz is like a fairly popular one too. I mean, there's a there's a bunch. There's JHS's Muffaletta, which is like a, a whole array of different big muffs. Um, yeah, that's too. a cool. So there's like yeah. there's a lot there's a lot there to them. And I actually didn't love Fuzz for a long time. It wasn't like until like the last five or six years where like I kind of like started to like it more than initially because in the in the beginning I just only cared about like sweet metal sound so I, I wasn't you were like like super like uncontrolled yeah, like, yeah yeah kind of just all over the place and like messy sounding yeah um, and for where i was doing like when i was first playing guitar like trying to play like metal or metalcore stuff it just like wasn't really what i was trying to do even in, even the bands that i listened to that were like like rock bands or like post-hardcore bands like not i mean there was a lot of fuzz but um i guess i always thought fuzz is like a more like extreme effect yeah right and so like even you sparingly i didn't even like i couldn't at the time i probably had examples of that in like the music i listened to but i just didn't really know that's what it was but yeah for a long time to me it always felt like something that should only be used kind of kind of like intermittently and never for very long and then i think like you know over time your taste change or but you also get turned on to people that are like using it for like very specific um textural uh like uh purposes which i think is really interesting and and um and you know some people like that's their whole sound right is yeah. is like yeah. including the fuzz for for the entirety of the of the song or like um of the riff or something so um I feel kind of the same way. My tastes on it have changed. Uh, I really, I, I really like the, that like messiness kind of feeling to it. It just adds, it doesn't always like, it's not even so much like the growl aspect of it. It's just like the, the way it kind of like vibrates, I guess. Like it adds like a, yeah, there's like a resonance to, to it depending on which one you have of course that yeah is like satisfying in like a different way than like i think before it was like i would try to use it in the same way that i would use like a more like clear and i say clear like kind of loosely but like a distortion instead Mm. right um but you don't get the same sort of like like there's there's nuance to the fuzzes of course where they give like really good and like clear ones where you can hear the notes really well but I, i just I was like, this can't do what the distortions are doing or like what the amps that I have are trying to do. It just sounds messy. But I 
figured out later or like learned later that <clears throat> you can use it for that. I mean, like, again, like the example of the, like the swollen pickle, there's like really heavy bands like, and the one that like, uh, Will Putney's in mm-hmm. and like a couple other bands like that. I don't remember which one. It's one of the first or like one of the more notable ones in recent years that started using them, but they use those in like as their boosts in front of a, a high gain amp. And yeah. it gets, it gets that sort of like kind of boss HM2 kind of sound ish mm-hmm. uh, thing. That's like, sounds really good, but <clears throat> yeah, I like, I like fuzzes a lot more now. There's still some that I, I, I've played some that I don't love. I remember, um, one of my friends had one that was like a, a bass one hmm. that I tried using for guitar and just like, it just, you couldn't, there's like no mid range to it. Like you couldn't really yeah. hear, like, especially at volume. Cause we were playing loud. You couldn't really, like it was that. And against there, they were using uh, a muffaletta. I'm pretty sure at the time. And they're just like, I, I just, from what I remember, I, I just could barely hear like, there was very little nuance to what I was doing uh, or to, to like what you could hear coming out from my rig with that sort of fuzz. So there's still like, there's still like a range to them, like where some of them are, are better suited to certain rigs or certain guitars and stuff like that. But yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> uh, isn't it the case that historically they, they, they have had a tendency to, to roll off most of the low end and only, you know, not like recently, like in the last five years, but like recently in the last like 20 years, they've, they've been, you know, kind of engineered in, in such a way that you have a lot more control over what frequency set is, 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 um, like emphasized or boost or cut. I mean, it seems like I, I remember reading that, that they, they most often cut low end more than anything else. Yeah. I think some of the like earliest designs probably did that a bit more. Yeah. There's, and there's, yeah, there are other examples of like, again, going back to like this one pickle, that one's got like more than just like amount of fuzz and like a tone knob. It's got like a scoop and like a crunch and like other stuff on it. That, yeah. Um, that stuff. But yeah, I would say like probably the first fuzzes that I remember uh, when I was first getting into guitar weren't quite as full range. And I think, again, to, to go back to that bass one, like maybe that's not what you need depending on what your rig is because that one was like very f- wide range. Um, but it's just like, <clears throat> I think we'll come in, come into like talking about this more once we get to like the treble booster um, part of this. But like, it just, the amp, or, like my amp, which was the AC30 at the time, um, or maybe some sort of similar style one. I might not have had the AC30 quite then, but depending on your amp you have, like it may not just be able to handle that kind of low end. So it just it depends on your rig. But sure, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I think the earlier ones were like lighter on the bass, like especially like the fuzz bass and stuff like that. But now, and I don't even mean now in like the last few years, I'm just like there's been other. Like I wouldn't even say like the the big muff is like light on bass at all. It's like I would say there's like a lot of low mids. Mm. Um, to that so and i think that's part of it too is that um yeah the the resonance like the resonant peak in specifically the low end on the the fuzzes is just like so different than like a a distortion like i know what i'm looking for on like uh 
just a normal like driven amp even if it's boosted like yeah. what a, sort of feel and like sound it is and the fuzz is like it can be in like very weird places that i'm not used to yeah or that i wasn't used to so yeah um yeah it was it was very like alien for me for a while but i, I like them a lot now and i don't really own one now but uh, i mentioned before like the hotcake i have now is like does a pretty is a, a borderline fuzz when cranked like nearly all the way and i really like that especially for like chordal stuff but not necessarily like like piano light chords or anything just like even just like power chords or something it just sounds like really full and maybe like you don't hear like each note with like complete clarity but it's just like it's got a different sound and vibe to it it's like feels a certain way especially even when under the fingers it feels a certain way yeah i just like i i just feel like it has a sense of the way that the way that a fuzz pedal will like resonate i guess has it to me it just sounds like this is a strange thing to say but it sounds like layered fabric yeah i think it's that's a good comparison um to me and i really like that especially when it's used in a unique way like uh thinking of a good example um there's a song by tool it's just called h uh off of anima which came out in the 90s and i think that that song has a really good example of of application of of a fuzz pedal just to kind of set a tone and then you know it's a it's a very kind of open riff in the in the beginning like three or four notes um and then it comes in later without the fuzz and you realize like, you know, the, um, like the soundscape that you were getting just like to, to open things up before the other instrumentation came in. Like it kind of like filled a much larger, like sonic capacity, um, on its own, uh, with fuzz activated and then, you hear the same riff later on sans fuzz and you're like, Oh, okay. Wow. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's different. Like it, um, the, like you kind of understand the impact a little more if you're hearing it in, in those contexts. And plus, I just think that they're fun to play, play with, like they're fun to, to just turn the knobs and see like what you can get out of it and, and like really push it hard and, layer it with other effects and just see how completely screwed up you can make things sound yeah or whatever. i have a patch on my fractal and it's just the patch is named bananas and it's got i'm stacking an overdrive a fuzz into an overdrive and that's just like i use that and just select songs when i'm really really going for it and it almost it feels like a cheat code it just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's uh really fun to play on and kind of just gives back to you. You kind of uh, changes the dynamic a sure. little bit, even just to to drive. And I guess I've most of the time I'm I'm stacking it. I'm not using straight into the amp. I'm like already have a boosted chain, and then I'm putting that on top. Um, but a physical fuzz pedal is still a whole out of my collection. But I did get to borrow um, Jameson's Fuzz Face. Oh yeah which belonged to his dad. Yeah. Um, borrowed that a few years ago. And that one, I can remember it had a pretty limited range like you guys were talking about. Um, but 
Yeah, that's an interesting looking pedal. Little yeah, space, it's huge. Little yeah, saucer. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it is really fun. Um, and you've got the the swollen pickle, right? Uh, no, I've got the pork and pickle. Oh, okay. Uh, frequently confused uh, naming scheme there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've either got a swollen pickle or you've got the pork and pickle. It's there you go. It's one or the other. No, so uh, the pork and the pork and pickle, the PNP, um, as it's known here in the borough, uh, is uh, it's a bass overdrive or a bass buzz, and and it's and it has a toggle on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's like Way Huge's bass overdrive and their their bass buzz kind of yeah. combined. Um, was the was the fuzz face that you? Those are, are are those all Hendrix like signature pedals? I think they w- went on to make a signature variant, but I think the main thing itself was was not was not, yeah. Okay. Had to have been one of the, like the earliest ones for sure. Yeah. It's a really simple circuit too, hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, didn't you make one? Uh yeah, I think I've got one up there. Yeah. I didn't make a germanium one but um yeah i think i've got one up there but uh yeah i think like you said i still kind of see fuzz that way like it depends on the artist like i've heard some that like use fuzz for their, their main sound but i think for me it's still very much like an effect like yeah. like a literal effect um i would always prefer like i'm just like jamming by myself to just have like an overdriven sound um as like the baseline and then use that here and there for parts or sections or stuff and i think that's how it was even whenever i grew up i just like always thought of it as like just an effect and not like the core, the core, yeah, the core sound of something but i've heard plenty of examples where they where it is and it sounds really good i like i like playing them like i'm trying to think about like you know like what what are we can we can probably like move on but like major variations in in fuzz pedals i guess are 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 really just you know like tone shaping more than more than anything else right like the, you know, you're kind of getting the same, maybe a blend or something like that. But like, just given the nature of the effect, it can't really be be that different. I don't know. I've, I mean, I don't know, like, on like a schematic level, like the differences. But like, there's, I've definitely played fuzzes that are like nowhere near like what I would like. And it's like not even just like a taste difference. It's just like so totally different than other things. Like there wouldn't like, like there's a reason people prefer like the Russian muffs to the, that's what I was going to ask you about the Soviet roughs and all that stuff. And I don't, I don't, I'm not privy to like all the differences between them, but like there are certainly like people that like, I just love the army green one or, um, I love just the Russian like big box um yellow print one. Um 
or just the the regular big mouth so there's i mean there's definitely like i don't know that there would be i mean i guess there people are like that with anything but i don't know that there would be like borderline cults of people that like oh you'd be surprised love those if there weren't like notable differences between them yeah i guess so yeah that um I think it's kind of confusing now, though, because yeah. then you have products like the Muffaletta where it's like the only real change there you get is like, I mean, the dial where you switch between them, but it's like you don't. And maybe I don't know all the models that are on it, but like I would assume that if you had that a few of those individual models have more controls than just what the Muffaletta lets you mess with, even if it's altering it per each mode on it like i'm sure that there's some on there that have like more than just the three knobs that the yeah. muffaletta has right so it's it's kind of confusing now because you see that and kind of think like or like those types of things kind of like make it seem more homogenized than i think that they actually are um but yeah i mean maybe like on the level of like looking at it on the design level it's like maybe there's not as big a differences but I would I would think it's similar to like a drive not drive pedal like as far as like comparison of the two but like as far as the nuances between yeah, the different drive pedals yeah. or different amps it's like kind of that it's like where you put it in the signal what you put in there all that stuff but did you own a muffaletta ever no I've never owned one I've had a couple of friends that have had them but I've never owned one. could have swore that it used i, I mean I, I i i'm looking at it now and, and it's like army green with yellow print on it and a yellow sandwich well that's like a that must be a newer one because the yeah, first one was, was black it? yeah yeah with yellow print yeah that's the one that i remember yeah okay yeah here's the original one that's black with yellow print that's the one that i remember There's like some more extreme ones. There's one that like are more like harsh or made to sound like the speaker's breaking more than just like a musical fuzz. Yeah, um, yeah. Some of like that too. Like there's like there's a lot of different stuff for them, but I do like them. I definitely like them a lot more than I used to. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard to find a pedal I don't at least like something about now. Um. So I guess that brings us now to Boost. Sure. Which uh, is seemingly fairly straightforward, but I think can be a little more nuanced than than you than people might expect. Uh, what's your experience with Boost, Joey? I think the earliest Boost that I remember was again when I was in high school, and it was the Electroharmonics one, the LPB one, that I remember really wanting. I don't remember why at the time I wanted it, but um, that's like the first one that I can remember. And then there's the microamp too. And then later, I want to say it was like later in high school, I remember people were getting the EP booster. Hmm. But like, that's yeah. an example of like, it's a boost, but it's like marketed to be like the sound, like the preamp section of like an Echoplex. Yeah. Um, so there's like boosts like that. They're like kind of ones that are emulating like, or, supposed to sound like a preamp and then you have like true clean boosts or um 
boost that like again i guess you would say you could say is just a preamp on its own like there's some that aren't like meant to be totally flat um that just have like a sound that people like like some people use like i know some people use the micro amp that they just uh like have on always and just mm. never turn it off and they just like what it does to the sound mm. which is cool it, it's kind of i would feel weird to me to have one running at all times mm. yeah because then I feel like I couldn't play without it. Like I'd have to have it every time. Otherwise, yeah. like my point of reference is yeah, like yeah, kind of yeah. thrown off, right? Uh, also, I think like the impact that it can kind of bring. You know, you kind of lose that, right? Like, yeah, especially like I don't know. I, I there's people that use it like at the end, like those kinds of pedals, like at the end of the chain, almost as like a like a faux buffer mm. to like bring the the sound level back up. Um, you can use it for effects. I mean, obviously, people use it for like just to get more volume or uh, more drive, but like not really change the sound of what's already there. And they just like get a little more juice basically um, out of it. But uh, yeah, I think maybe some of the earlier uses were like specifically as like a buffer and then you just kind of push that more and more and then you get like, yeah. So that was kind of something that I was going to ask is like, you know, in theory, it's not that much different than what a buffer is ex- until you start adding a little bit of like after a certain sh- level, yeah, like like uh, tunnel shaping like characteristics to it, or like actually increasing volume rather than keeping line level signal at at, at the same value through the entire chain. Like once it stops yeah. doing that, then it be actually becomes a boost. Yeah, and even then, it's different too because. Like I don't like if you had like a really big pedal board and like a lot of a lot of cable on there. If you just slapped a, a micro amp at the end of it and like got it to the same volume that you would be if you were plugging straight into like your amp, you still got like way more res- like there's way more resistance there. Even if the volume's the same, it's not gonna sound the same. So like even in the context of using like a buffer, it kind of doesn't really do the same thing. Assuming like the rest of the chain is like, you know, there's buffered pedals and stuff. And so maybe those are in there like boss pedals and other stuff, which have like a, a certain quality of buffer to them. But yeah, even then, like I wouldn't say a proper way, but like a, a really good way to use buffers is in the beginning and the end, like that yeah, situation, yeah, yeah. that sort of setup gets you like what that was or like what, some people might be using those as four just to like get the get the volume back up to sound closer to like plugging straight in when like you'd be probably better served by having an input and output buffer to do that because um, it's gonna just sound different. But yeah, um, yeah, using them for leads and making stuff stand out, get like a quick little solo boost stuff like that. Like it's like really cool. I kind of like the next ones more for that, um, like the treble boosters, but. Um, clean boosts on their own. I mean, they can be cool. They're actually maybe this might be a separate section too. But I like I like the effect of like dropping the volume more than boosting it. Sometimes like mm. using it mm. because like, you l- lose some of the yeah. Well, even like using a volume pedal, so it's like an inverse. I guess like a it's probably just a volume pedal. But like you could use a boost, and I, I think we talked about it before using the Harlow this way. But like using it, so that when you turn it on, it's actually like a drop in volume. Yeah. That's almost like more useful for me in the way that I run amps because I usually run them like 
somewhat overdriven. And so without having to back off the volume on the guitar, I can just use a volume cut yep. to get a different level of, of drive, if not like any drive. Yeah. Um, more than boosting. I like the boosting for like specifically like the tube screamer style thing or like the like mid boost thing, but just a straight clean boost. I don't love for like my own purposes, like just making it loud. Like, it's, it's, yeah. and really it's not just like making it louder. I think that's something that like people say a lot. It's like, I just want my sound to be louder when you're, I mean, it could be perceived that way depending on the setup, but like you're just slamming the front of the amp and depending on what amp it is, like it may not be getting louder. It may just be driving more. Right. right? So it's yeah. like, it's not really like a volume thing depending on what your setup is. So there's like a lot of nuance to it. It just depends on your rig like anything else. I do like, I, I do like playing with clean boost though. Just especially when layering different types of effects, um, especially like, like, time delay effects because it, it can sometimes add like a certain like kind of sparkle to it but I, I don't like feel like it's the added like perceived loudness that i'm i'm getting from that it's it's more like just like a maybe a little bit of extra chime but then it's not really acting as just a boost at that point yeah, i would say it's like not even really a clean boost at that point it's like it's like it's like it's like working like a preamp where in this example we gave before where it's like they like the sound of what that does to the signal yeah i'd say that's yeah what that sounds like to me but and i think some of, i mean i love my pedals but i think part of it is like i don't want it well, I don't know because I like I like the boost into a front of, a front of a high gain amp, so it's like I re- prefer to have that than not. But I don't know why the clean boost just feels different to me. To feel like I have to like rely on that to always have as part of like in that example where they just always have it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to have one more thing to rely on like that just feels kind of strange. Even though I guess you could argue that it's the same if it, the way I use like a a regular overdrive pedal or something to boost like that, but a clean boost just, I guess it feels different. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. What is the focus? It's a variable mid boost. So it's, um, um, you could use it as a clean boost if you ran the filtering like in its lowest position, but each of them, there's two different knobs that act as like low pass or high pass filters on it. So like you have a clean sound, but by the time you turn the knobs up, it's narrowed it down to be, just the mid-range depending on where you set it and then it has a level control so you can boost that so it's like it's a clean boost in set flat but you're taking away low end and high end that turns it into a mid boost because that's all that's left sure um so that's what that does and it's again it's like kind of like what a tube screamer will do anyways like naturally is smooth the top end and cut the low end so you're left with mid-range. The only, only thing you're missing is clipping. Um, and uh, that's why I like that. It's because it's kind of like truer to... I say truer loosely too, but truer to like the sound of the amp. Because, I mean, the flexibility of of that pedal specifically was like tailoring the low-end cutoff. Because there's like two pole positions on it too where it's like a more aggressive um, slope. Uh, is nice for like different tunings different 
like extended ranges and then different uh, amps. So, and I like it because it's like when I use that, even in front of the 5150, it's just like sounds more like the bass amp than a tube screamer in front of it doing the tube screamer thing. Um, even if there's like variation between all of those, it's like it sounds closer to just playing into the, the straight up amp, but still has like the juice of it being boosted and sure. stuff like that. It doesn't have like the normal tube screamer character to it. And it's like some of them, some of the amps don't blend. I mean, it's again, it's all like to your taste, but some some like pedals, I don't love the way the drive there blends in with the distortion of the amp. So it just that one is just like you're relying solely on the distortion of the amp and you're just juicing the front end. So you don't worry about this extra layer of like do these two different, you know, uh, like sides of harmonic content like overlap or like blend together in a musical way. It's just like yeah, you still get the effect of the leanness of the drive without having to really be fussed with. Yeah, but that I feel like that's a case where like that pedal was really made with that specific use case in in mind, right? Like that's what its whole point really is, is to yeah. give you that flavor. But so. I, I'd like it for that reason too, in front of like other pedals too, like even in front of like drive pedals, because there's there's times where I use the hot cake and on its own, with the exception of like using it with the AC one thirty or the AC thirty. What the? <laughs> uh, yeah, we just land one in the house. Uh, <laughs> um, it's like, it doesn't roll off enough low end. Mm. But I like the character of the drive. Um, but if I use it in front of the 5150, it doesn't, it's like, it's kind of too mushy in the low end or just like too round. But I can use the focus in front of that or even afterwards because it'll filter anything that's coming into it too um, to get the same character but like a leaner low end, so... Um, boosts that have that capability and you could say it's arguably like more of an EQ like a parametric EQ than anything yeah 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 yeah, um, yeah. are cool so I, I do like some again for effect um, but yeah I don't know I, I like the focus a lot so there are ones that are like have some flexibility to them like an EQ or something like they, even the even the drive pedals, like the Archer, there's that one, I forgot who the guy is, but they have a version of the Archer that's like a signature one that has like the graphic EQ instead. Yeah, I'm spacing that guy. I can't remember the guy's name. But, yeah. Wait a minute, um, we have the power of the internet. True. I want to say there's a J in the name. I'm probably told. No, I'm, that's actually the name of the brand. So J Rocket Archer. But it's like a... I don't even know if they call it an Archer. They probably do, but... Vote now. Okay, well, um, if you if you were to guess, what would the guess be? <laughs> I'm not gonna guess. Uh, um, Rockaway Archer Steve Stevens signature. Oh wow, I don't know why I didn't remember Steve Stevens, but Steve Stevens. Rebel yeah. Yell. Yeah, that's oh, a. Billy Idol, yeah. That's a cool looking pedal for sure. And. Do my eyes deceive me, or do the knobs on the EQ glow? Yeah, it should be kind of like an MXR. Like where they? Well, maybe I don't know if they glow red. They might glow blue or something like that instead. But oh, they're green. Ooh, <laughs> that's sick. That is super cool. That's a cool looking pedal. Yeah, but it's kind of like that. Like I guess 
to kind of go off on the tangent too, it's like there are people that will use an EQ like that where it's like, I leave it on because I like what it does. Like some people put them in like the effects loop of an amp or something like that. And it's like, I like that on to do that and, or like to do whatever it does to it. And I don't think, I just think it's not for me. Like I don't, I I've, don't like using those types of things. It reminds me of, and we've mentioned it before too, like the, the sonic maximizer thing, like the BBE thing mm. where like it does something that like does make it sound like fuller, but I, it's not, like if you play that in the context of a, like a, I guess maybe if you're like a one guitarist band, like it wouldn't be a huge deal, but like, I just don't think they sound very good. And I'm sure. like, we're like relying on more things than I have to. Um, so it just feels weird to have like always on stuff like that. But yeah. Depends on what the, what the context is, but I do like treble boosters. Yeah, so that is something that um, I got to be completely honest with you. I do not know a ton about other than what is indicated by the name. Um, so I've I've never used one. I don't unless I've been misled in some way. Uh, um, this is probably going to be another learning moment. Uh, but yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I don't think when they were made, it was maybe made to do this. I don't think, I don't know, maybe I'm not giving people enough credit back then that they were so forward thinking to, to think about this. But, like, at the time, <laughs> like, you know, because you always hear treble boosters with, like, an AC-30 or maybe even a Marshall too or something like that. Um, but the way I understand it and the way that it makes sense to me, the reason that stuff works or that combination works is because uh low end and like bass frequencies require more energy to produce mm-hmm. um for a speaker and so especially with an AC30 which doesn't have a lot of low end on its own like when you're leaning out some of this again I think this part of this translates to why we all like tube screamers and stuff in front of amps but when you use a treble booster in front of an AC30 you get like way less low end and so like you can get you can reach the the ceiling of an AC30 by using like just a straight up clean boost and cranking it because you're just boosting everything. Yeah. But when you use a treble booster because the amps no longer having to worry about like producing these low end frequencies because they're mostly cut like I think or like to me you get more perceived volume because it's not having to work so hard to create these bass frequencies and like you have like not more like true headroom but perceived headroom um yeah because it's not like flubbing out with all this extra juice it's getting um it's only having to like reproduce like this mid-range and it can be like at a pretty extended mid-range and like top end and there's like i think treble booster is like kind of sounds like more narrow than it is or that than some are um but it does accentuate like mids too depending which ones you have and those are the ones i tend to like the ones that do that like an upper mid thing or like some that aren't super just treble there are some that do that um but i like them because they kind of do a similar thing to like the tube screamer only you don't get the smoothing of the top end you kind of get that openness for it but you can go too far with that of course too but um they're they're nice and i think I've like learned from treble boosters 
that's why I like using the focus that way in front of an HD30 is because you don't have you don't have the clipping and stuff and quite as much mid push unless you set it that way that you would get the tube screamer, but you get the effect of running the treble booster because you can take out all the low end um, that goes into it. And like with that, it like it breaks up in a different way too. You can get closer to like kind of martial, not true martial, but like more like rock like hard rock distortion um that way but they're really cool i like them a lot i don't own any currently i would like to get one i like i mean some of the earliest ones are really cool like the ones that sit on top of the amps we talked about yeah those those are really sick yeah yeah or like the the dallas range master and there's other ones like that too um those are all cool but i want to i actually really do want to get one because i think they sound sweet i think i've um even when I'm messing with like the MS3, sometimes I'll use like the treble booster in there, and it sounds it sounds super cool. I like them. Again, it's like the perceived headroom you get from not having to use all this energy on the low end. That, um, again, I don't know that that was the intent back then. Because I guess if you used it in front of a, a lot of people don't like them because again the name would leave you to believe it's just treble you're boosting. But also like if you're using it in front of, and we've said this before too, like an amp that's not really driven then you and i always use the fender 20s example like it's just gonna like it's it's gonna take those peaks and just like fully produce them like there's gonna be no clipping or cut off anything you're just gonna get these huge transients that are are gonna be like pretty ear piercing i would say right so like it depends on what you use it into like anything else but i don't know that I mean, I I do like, I've heard them in front of Fender amps that were already breaking up and it sounds good there, but like into a clean amp, maybe not. It's like too shrill. Unless it's got like a lower headroom, like the, the AC30, like even if it's clean, boosting it to a certain level will get it, will have you reach the ceiling of like the, the drive like way sooner than like a twin or something else like that. Um, but they're they're super cool, and I think you can kind of get more like for the purposes of like leads or standing out, you kind of get more of that than just the regular clean boost because again, it's like you're not wasting. You're not frequency. yeah, you're not on that low end anymore. It's just all kind of like mid range and treble, um, which especially in those instances where you're trying to cut through the mix a little more, that's what's going to be the most perceivable set of sounds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, assuming like all things are like equal and everyone's like there's not like a, a part cutting out or anything. Yeah, but if the whole band's still going, yeah, I like the treble booster for solos and stuff like that. But yeah, I like them a lot. The Dallas Rangemaster is potentially one of the coolest looking things. Yeah, they look, they look so ever dope. Seen. Yeah, they look super dope. Uh, looks like you can get one for that, the low, low price of. Well, you can get a detailed replica. Of one which is made by British Pedal Company for two hundred and for two hundred and thirty nine pounds, which uh, isn't awful. I wonder how how close that it, it actually is. How much is an original one? Um, oh, I don't know. I would yeah. say probably expensive. The big bucks. Uh, you don't have a law degree. You're probably not. 
Oh, there's not even one on reverb. Sag. But it's like the like the boost. Like I would only ever prefer to use that in front of something else. So like the same thing with the focus. Like I like stacking them with drives, but like in boosting the drive primarily mm. uh, with that or a fuzz. That would be cool too. Yeah, th that's super cool. I would like to try to play with one and see, you know, not not a range master specifically, but uh, just try to get like a feel for it. But I said that before when we talked about this, like several months ago, I thought it was a, a, a cool idea then. I'm sure I almost said the exact same set of words in the same order that I'm saying now, but um, it just seems like an interesting idea. It makes sense to me, uh, the preference over over just a standardized clean boost because of what it's actually affecting in perceivable audio, which is like a whole other conversation that maybe we can talk about like live sound experience, but like the difference between actual, you know, uh, there has been an increase in decibel and, and, and like, you know, air being pushed to the perception of, of an increase in volume and like how that can kind of like in, in, in a mix turning one thing down, makes something else feel louder, even though technically that object has stayed the same, like any, you know, it's just kind of those, those that give and take that makes live sounds so interesting, but in the same way, just playing on on your own and like EQing and 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 shaping your own sound, you know, cutting one place gives the sense of somewhere else being being louder. When in actuality, it's just it's just more available to be heard, I guess. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think about that like a lot whenever because I feel like there's a tendency whenever you layer like a lot of reverb and delay, there's a tendency to either have it get way too low end heavy, uh, or well, that's been my experience in the past or it's way too chimey. And so you're trying to like, kind of find that middle ground and, um, but that's because there's like so many other things acting on the sound at once. Um, but uh, I don't think a treble booster would help me necessarily in, in in that case. But I do think it would be fun to try just in front of the AC30 to see. Yeah. Yeah. To see. It's a classic combination. But it sounds good in front of like any pretty driven thing in my experience. Yeah, I remember Marshall, that, that video okay. of, of Nolly with the, in front of the Marshall, and that sounded really Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good example. Well, I mean, I think we've kind of covered the broad strokes of overdrive and and fuzz and kind of gone through the basic kind of categories. I can see us pr pr probably touching on a few of these things, maybe in more detail down the road, and I think I say that maybe five times an episode, so... Uh, at this rate, we'll have content for years um, if this keeps up. Um, but we, we thought that it would be kind of fun to round off the year uh, with um, not really like a best of list or like a top 10 list or anything like that, but just 
gear that we found interesting that we either acquired ourselves, like that we actually own, or gear that came out that we don't own um, that seemed really cool to us, and just kind of talk about that. Um, I can I'll I'll go first because I I think the understanding is is that I've had the biggest year um, in, inadvertently. Uh, there's been a lot of really cool things I've picked up this year. Um, I, without like listing in no particular order, I think that the Acoustasonic Strat is really cool. That was a really smart purchase for me. Um, I've, I've been incredibly happy with it. I've recorded with it a bunch. I've, I really enjoy playing playing it. I think it sounds super great in a lot of different contexts. Um, it's fun. It's unique. Uh, there, like I just, I I don't uh, get those sounds from any from anything else. And for for that reason alone, I think it's really cool. Um, I you know I was lucky to get an American one for the price of like the player series new, I definitely don't think that the American ones are worth the, their full MSRP. So if, if people are like interested in that, you can like, they can be had for significantly less on the used market, um, which is something to consider. Um, I think uh, getting the AC 30 was a really big deal for me too. That was kind of always a halo amp for me from from joey and from a mutual uh friend of ours um that was a sound that i had always really liked i i thought it was it was beautiful and i really thought that what they were achieving well like with that amp was something that was just super unique and and different from a lot of the tones that like we had been going for in in like our metal bands um and so for that reason, I've been really happy with that. Uh, I, I play, I play it quite, quite a lot actually. Um, and, uh, I've been really happy with it again. I was fortunate to find that used for a fair price and had it shipped here. Um, it shipped really well, which was good. I didn't have any bad experiences with having it come in, which was awesome. Um, and then, uh, I'll just do the, my last one. Cause I feel like I could kind of go on and on. Um, I recently got an Ampeg V4B head. Um, and I was conned into purchasing this head, uh, by someone who will be nameless um well done yeah uh i was duped uh, not that what you had before was bad but sick yeah uh i i got to pl i had never played one before um i played one in arizona and uh promptly came home and bought one and i've i've really really had a lot of fun with it um you know like starting out playing i think we've we all of us have had similar experiences when we started playing 
we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't really have a lot of resources um, to get the things that we really wanted. And we started pretty humbly. I think all of us did. And, you know, um, you, everybody kind of has kind of prioritized certain gear over others um, throughout the course of their life. Uh, but being able to get something like the V4B is like something that I never really thought would be possible, uh, for me. Um, and so like it, it means a lot more than just like, it sounds good. Like, and it's like more of like an earmark of like a different chapter of my life kind of thing. And it's, it's like an interesting way to close out the year in that way. Um, of course, it obviously helps that it sounds good and that um, I think, you know, arguably I'm getting the best sounds I've ever had out of it. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it's just it, it, like whenever I turn that thing on and I hear it warm up and... I start playing out of it. I remember playing out of that Fender Rumble combo amp that I took from Sam Lane, who was my manager at the theater in Carlsbad, out of that little Schecter Raiden five string. Uh, and like that was my main practice rig and then my gigging rig was an acoustic brand combo amp that was like i think it was only it was i can't remember exactly how many watts it was but it was it was not very large and like playing that in my bedroom and like you know i thought like at that point like that was the peak like this sounds this sounds really good to me like i knew it could be better but for like what we're doing now like this is great and then you know, now having this completely different experience, um, it's just, it's just really interesting. Um, and so it's like, yes, it's gear. It's, it's, it's an object, uh, and it's a tool, but it like means so much more to me than that. And like, I, I, I form like really personal attachments with everything that I have. And I think we all kind of do that. Um, yeah. and, uh, they take on personalities and like uh, they have for, for me, I'm just going to kind of ramble here for a second. I promised I wouldn't uh, wander out in, in the hundred acre wood. And here I am. Um, so for me, certain, you know, artifacts or pieces of gear or objects bring out <clears throat> certain characteristics of my playing or certain characteristics of like the way that I feel about the way that I'm playing or what I think should be played and having a arsenal of equipment, um, in whatever capacity that, that that's possible. Uh, you know, it's like shades of personality or like, you know, colors on a canvas. Like they, they, they each kind of, fill a different role or complement one another to, um, you know, be blended into the greater, into a greater whole or a complete picture. And 
and whenever you think about gear specifically, um, it's just for me, every time I sit down to play, unless I'm practicing something to record it, I never know what's going to come out of me. Like I, I, I never know what I'm going to start to play or where I'm going to end up at the end of the session. If it's 15 minutes or if it's two hours and like those kinds of moments, it's, it's, you know, it's both a part of my personality, but it's also like the gear itself kind of evokes those things and like acts as the conduit for that. And I think that's really special. Um, and so I, I just, I try to never take anything for granted, you know? Yeah. Well, we can't really top that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to ramble. Sorry. No, that was, re- that was really good. I mean, uh, you know, that's part of the reason why we do this podcast is, you know, that it's a lot more than just a means to an end of having a guitar to play it. They all have all the different pieces have their own, uh, you know, spirit behind them and they inspire us to play in a certain way or give it, put us in a certain vibe of what style of music we want to write or p- perform on. And, um, so, so I really, I really get that. Yeah. It's really cool to, to get to a point where you, whatever, whatever mood you're in, you have said equipment to work in that space. Sure. Um, but yeah, and just piggybacking off on what you started, um, probably similar to Jared. So my f- probably the biggest buy this year for me was the Fender Acoustasonic as well. I got the American Jazz Master uh, yeah. in March. Also bought it secondhand, and uh, I do agree that they are really cool, but maybe not worth two grand. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I. I primarily got that to be a gigging guitar and it served me really well it, it travels really well it sounds really good i've not really had any issues with it um i've been pretty good about making sure i charge it up before i go to each gig but i know that it could make it to make it through a weekend of back sure. to back without any issue um but it's it it's its own thing and it you know, you, you play differently than you would on a regular acoustic or regular electric. And it just, you know, like I've never really been into looping, but that guitar makes me want to try and loop. Mm. It just kind of puts a different thought in my head of like, well, this can kind of do a little bit of both. Yeah. And it's experimenting with the different voices, albeit I don't use the, the electric sounds as much as I maybe thought I would. Yep. But, um, the playability of it and, and the different varied acoustic sounds themselves are like really good. And and I am intrigued about the the Fender Highway series that they came out with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is kind of like working in that world, but just taking it in a different direction. And uh, as time, I'm interested to see where where all that stuff ends up. Exploring that space of like hybrid instruments and like instruments um, that are yeah. It's I mean we like a bunch of gear that is like not traditional or like, you know, bending the, bending the, the use case or whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm really intrigued with that stuff. Something that a couple of years ago I had zero interest in. Yeah. Same. Um, but yeah, for, for kind of where I'm at with, with music these days, um, primarily just, you know, performing a solo acoustic bass shows, um, that guitar has been a real, real godsend. And I'm, I really enjoy it. Um, 
And then just the other, another thing that comes to mind, uh, a highlight of this year for me was getting some upgrades for my Telecaster. Mm. Um, this summer I got some bare knuckle pickups and I got a new bridge. What brand is that bridge? Uh, is it Clouston Bridge? Yeah. Yeah. And some locking tuners and strap locks. And yep. that was, uh, a guitar that I've had for several years and it was nice to breathe new life into it. And I've really been enjoying playing it lately. And, um, all that stuff has really enhanced the experience of it, especially the pickups. I really enjoy that. And yeah, that's, you know, just an American standard early 2000s Telecaster, but it's the story behind it and how I got it and where it comes from that, that really makes a difference and makes it special to me. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, those are a couple of highlights for me this year. But um, other thing I just want to say is like, it's a really good time to be a guitar player. It really is. Yeah. All gear is sick. Like, yeah. Cheap. Have gear, a lot of options. Cheap gear is great <clears throat> now. That was not the case when we were 15. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's a really cool thing for people just getting into it now. It's like the barrier to entry is much lower, much lower than it used to be. And so that, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um let's see stuff that i thought was cool i guess like the stuff that i've i've gotten this year um i mean there's a couple so i really like having a baritone again they're all stuff that i've had before that i just don't didn't have that where i got like more finely tuned ones that are like more suited to what i actually like but like i got a baritone again the squire one the telecaster one that I really like having um, a baritone around for again. Um, there's that. The hot cake, I just like still my go-to drive since I've gotten it, since I got it earlier this year. Yeah. Um, so I like that a lot. And then probably just getting the AC30 again because um, I had the AC50 for a while and that one was definitely sweet. Um, and I, I still like that amp. I would, I would still get like the head, um, one of those, whether it's the 50 or the 100 watt. Um, but I think after having the 50 for a while in the combo format was like, I, I would like, if I'm going to have this combo format amp, I would rather it just be the AC30. And I found the one that I'd been wanting, which was just the all black one with the come stock with cream backs and um, like upgraded tubes. So finding that, which I had been looking for for a couple of years and are like, they come up, but it had been a while since I'd seen one come up, uh, finding that and making that happen. Um, was 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 really cool so that was that was definitely like a big one because that was like an amp that i'd wanted for a while yeah um other cool gear um it's like actually pretty recent but i thought the the new soldano amp is really cool the astro 20 i didn't see that it's like a three well i mean it might be more than three channels i don't fully know there's like different modes to it but it's a really really sick sounding amp i wish i hope they make a like a a higher wattage version of it because it's like very like rich sounding like the, all the distortions sound really good the cleans really good and it's like pretty far out um looking like as far as like when it switches and it changes the colors and all this stuff it's a it's a sick amp um i think that the j mascus ram's head was really cool the one that came out from electro harmonics the signature ram's head fuzz it was like sounds really really good um at least from the demos that i've heard of i've never played one but that's a that's a cool pedal that as far as 
pedals that have come out this year that I thought was really cool. Um, that might be it. Those are like my favorite acquisitions and like the gear that I can think about at the front of my head. The only thing I was I was going to add is because you both talked about like gear and like what it sort of facilitates for you, which we've, we've had conversations about before too. Is I, I think I still feel this way about it, but I, I definitely, um, especially when hearing like talk about it, I feel like there's certainly a limit to like, to where like, I mean, I, it's hard for me to tell someone like, I, I, I shouldn't, I, I can't really tell someone what to decide to hang on to and what not to. But I think like, knowing or like being able to have that even just like internal conversation with yourself as far as like why you're justifying something or keeping something or trying something for x amount of time is like important to have because i don't know i just feel like there's a ten a tendency more than not because you i mean you, jared you kind of spoke about like um you know it's like buying something for yourself now is like a, it's got a, its own feeling to it this is separate from just like getting a cool new piece of gear it's like I, there was a time in my life where like i couldn't really afford the luxury of being able to get these different types of things now sure i i just think like because i feel that way too about gear too but then i also know that like i know that there's going to be a period like there's going to be like i have a process for like getting the piece of gear in trying it and knowing we're like where I'm at, not to say this, not the case for you, but like knowing where I'm at, honestly, with the piece of gear, where like, even with the Holcomb that I got recently, I don't, I couldn't say for certain, like, I like, I can say I like it a lot, but I couldn't tell you that, like, I'm never going to get rid of it. Or sure. Like, I'm going to keep it forever. Yeah. Um, Cause it's just not so, like, it's just not so, like, black and white for me. Uh, on it right um so, and there, there are pieces of gear that are like that like my carbon i would never want to get rid of but you know that's just like part of trying and buying the gear and i think that maybe i'm a bit more different than the both of you as like i feel like i could buy a pedal and then even decide on the day of like i actually don't like this yeah you know i put the money into it and i did my research to it i found that i don't like it yeah and like be honest with myself and say yeah i'm just gonna get rid of it because yep. I don't, not to say that like that hasn't happened for you guys, but like I don't know. I mean, you're more likely to go through with it than I am. Yeah, by I would a say lot. That. Yeah, but by like ninety nine percent. Yeah, I mean it's the difference, and we've talked about this before too. Like just the difference of like holding on to stuff too. Like there's, I definitely have like a more of an inclination to not have a wealth of like gear, and it feels weird even just the last few months acquiring multiple pieces of gear. Uh, and part of it like makes sense in my head because I offloaded other things, but, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I just, I think it's okay to like have this idea of what something that was going to be really cool and get and be able to like say, Hey, I finally did this, but then also be able to like turn it, but turn back on it and just say like, Hey, I, you know, like I did that. I realized I learned from it. Cause we have conversations like about like our first guitars and stuff like even like my first carvings that I don't have anymore. And I think sometimes like the conversations, like it'd be cool if you did, Yeah. but yeah. I don't really feel that way about it. Uh, uh, like it, it would be cool, but it's like, I, I learned what I needed to learn from those things. I wouldn't do it the same way anymore. And you're um, not missing it. And I don't miss it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it was cool to have. Um, but I just think that like that kind of like 
internal conversation is like important to like have with yourself um i guess like really really kind of sit with it and like think about like what it's doing for you uh whether you need the next i think it's part of it's just like i guess need is like subjective in the realm of like sure. fear and stuff you need like that but um i don't know, just just to kind of maybe have like counterpoint to what the both of you were saying about it that's kind of like how i feel about it. it's like i i will i'm willing to invest and try the gear and stuff but i'm also like willing to say like hey this is maybe not what i thought it would be and i only say it that way too because i don't i can't think of a recent one where like with either of you as an example where it was like you were kind of lukewarm on it by the time you got it and rounded it back and that's great because like that just means you liked whatever it was sure but like i remember when i got the baritone and i was like i'm not hot on these pickups and i was like right on that like right out the gate i knew that it's like i still haven't changed them but it's just like i think that's something that you come to like understand more or like realize more once once you've like gone through a lot of stuff and i think that's yeah. like kind of like more where either of you are at with it um like even even playing like the the Holcomb now i'm like this does its thing but is that thing like what i want it to be or does it like you know i could play like i don't know you could have a ton of gear and like i play this strat differently than i play this but like does that matter to me whether i play this like one small instance better on that thing or it gets this one thing more to me. It depends on what it is because I'm not yeah. trying to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be who I am. Yeah, I, I right? see what I'm you're not saying, trying right? to like yeah. be like the 50 people I've met within the last year, right? I'm yeah. like, this is who I am. These things here, these are parts of me as a person, and it's the same way with my like gears. Like, I'm not, even though if I had like a Fender Twin, I'd be playing different stuff on it than I would be the AC30. It's like I don't need to have that to like express what matters to me right um like in like what i care about right yeah 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 so i think i, I think that's an interesting point and <clears throat> uh excuse me um like i um i admire your ability to be that concise with yourself and know what what the next move should or or might be and have a level of confidence about that like and feel comfortable with like like having the marketplace kind of open at all times like you know like i can offload some stuff i can evaluate yay or nay on x item and then you know go from there like i think i think that that that's maybe more of a skill than people realize i think uh like sure um being able to like really take inventory of of what you have and what it is doing for you um, yeah and be honest about that it that is like it that is a skill in and of itself um i think like the maybe the point that i was trying to like i feel like i could safely offload the mesa subway now. sure yeah. i feel like i could do that that now that i've had you know the what's the saying now that i've had the milk why would i buy the far or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, yeah but, but you know what i mean um yeah 
uh like i feel like i can pretty safely get rid of that but like um i just noticed that certain things evoke something in me that other things don't sure yeah i guess my, my point too in addition is like because that's that's totally a valid thing I just think that like, cause we, I mean, the whole point of the, of what we talk about on here is like gear and like, I'm the first person that will talk with you about gear or someone about gear. So find me on the streets and I will talk to you about <laughs> gear. Uh, but <laughs> I just think it's worth saying that like, I, I just, I feel weird in, in saying that like you should or not, or someone should do this or like the tone is kind of always just like, yeah, get this, get this, get this, get this. And you don't like, it's like, buy more and then you're just i don't know i i hate being stuck with like a stockpile of a ton of stuff like it's depending on what it is but yeah um but like i just think that like that's an important part of the conversation is like not just buying and keeping uh and like kind of i don't know it's weird musical instruments are like a different thing for me i guess but like i just think it's worth self-evaluating periodically like sure. what each of the things are doing for you because i i agree with you like there's things in some parts of the gear that i have that will only that like i will get something else out of me there but again i think you can kind of you can kind of say that about a lot of stuff though there's like i'm gonna play a 335 differently than yeah yeah than my carbon but and i want a 335 don't get me wrong but do like is that something that I need to go and, and get? I don't know. It's like, it just, it depends. Like, it's just worth having that conversation with yourself. Like, I think it's easy, just so much easier to just think like new gear is coming out every year. Like, I want to get this. I want to get that. And I think it just, it's maybe worth, at least for like the end of the year, speaking about like uh, reflecting back on like, you know, what you've been able to accomplish, not you, but general you, anyone's listening. Right, right, right. right. Uh, what you've been able to sort of get for yourself or like uh, accomplish with what you have in the last year and kind of think like, you know, where does all this stuff stand now? Because, yeah, like you said, it, it's definitely important to have that connection to it. But I think it's equally as important to like know when, um, when it's worth maybe seeing if it's it's if it still feels that way or if it's still like worth keeping there. Because I I think that is a conversation worth having. It's like knowing whether to keep stuff. I could say like I like having a truck and I like having the car for different things but i don't me personally i don't really want both yeah like, i don't want four cars i kind of just want the one that's going to do the most, most of what the things that i need to do for my life right because of the way that i operate and the things that i like so for that sure. reason um yeah i don't know i guess it's kind of a weird thing but no yeah i mean i think like one thing that i would just say is like that is what i love so much about both of you is uh you I mean, it's, this is true for everybody, right? But like, you, you, both of you. That's why this has been such a pleasure, both for the last year, is that you both have, you, you both think about things and, uh, interact with the world in such a different way than I do. Sure. And especially when it comes to something that, you know, we both that we all, kind of are interested in. Mm -hmm to hear those reflections and talk about them. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, I can talk to you about making bread for the rest of my life, but that's not something that you particularly like it. Like we aren't going to have the same conversation about me making a loaf as we are about 
drive pedals or about the ownership of gear, but like, this is something that we all have in common and like hearing the different ideations about it, not just characteristics and like the qualities and preferences, but like the way we think about ownership and, um, you know, what it means to us as people that has been the, maybe the, or that's been the best part of this, I think for me over the last year. Yeah. I think it's, it's helped me like kind of better see like where I'm at with it too. And I, I think it's helping not be as rigid about it because like you said, like I think what you described is like totally valid. And I feel that way about things that I have um, too. Like I would, I like dreamed of owning that carbon for a long time. And I didn't think I was like, I'm never going to get this guy off of this guy ever. Right. Yeah. And then it just kind of happened. So it just like made it happen. And like, hmm. like that's, that's super cool to me. And so I've got that um, for yeah. it. So, yeah, I, I think the last year and reflecting on that, I think it's just kind of like made it. I think each of the perspectives are kind of like been well represented and, and going through this process has been like, a bit more eye-opening than I would have guessed. Um, sure. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's been really fun. Dylan, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, it's same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is really, it is really cool to get everybody's perspective on it. And and what Joey was talking about is a very healthy thing yeah. to really be able to examine what you've got and evaluate where you're at at a given point in time and saying like, you know, uh, is this stuff serving me? Do I need all of this stuff? Am I, has my taste yeah. and interest change? Am I going into a different chapter and gear and guitar playing and et cetera and stuff? And, and it is definitely good. And, and a lot of people, that's how they're able to get the next thing or get something better is to sell a bunch of stuff and put it towards that. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm not the best about that. I have a lot of guitars. I love them. Well, I love and I don't even know if it's like <laughs> I need to sell to afford the next thing. Or like not even afford, but like put I justify getting rid of the rest. I just mean like I mean, if I'm being honest, sometimes I just like know so many people that are just like I bought this for this one single use case when I needed it then out of never evaluated there after that whether like I still need that. And I say need but like sometimes it is that sometimes like it's a friend who says I needed this for when I was doing this, these gigs with this guy and you haven't played with that guy and that set up for two years. And it's like, dude, I don't know. It's just hanging on to stuff. I think it's like, honestly, just more like a thing that I'm probably pulling from like other areas of life. It's just like, sure. you know, it's yeah. like trying not to like dwell on yeah you know certain things you're learning to like let some stuff go yeah um and then again like it's more so like whether it's actually the gear that's like i have the attachment to or like what it was able to do for me in the time and you always have the memory of that yeah and like how you felt for it too like right because there's there's guitars i wish i still had but like i remember having them then too and i can just reflect on that and think like that was cool and that's it i don't don't need to have it here with me anymore and that's a, kind of a constant reminder too. Like I don't always like feel that way. Sometimes I just really wish like, and some of the reasons I buy stuff now is because like, I want to get back to that and that's fair. Um, 
but I just think it's equally important to like be able to to just remember the time and not have to like have the object the object so much yeah to to be able to enjoy that yeah well we want to thank everybody for listening to the desert tones podcast it's been our first year we look forward to seeing you hopefully next year where we will have uh exciting thrills enchanting stories um vivacious women uh new towns new towns to explore uh shop dogs to communicate with freshly ground coffee freshly ground coffee um and everything in between uh so thank you guys yeah thank you guys and thank you again to everyone for tuning in and look forward to seeing you next year happy new year happy new year everyone and thank you for listening don that bombshell god bless hasta luego take it easy Thank you.